making another breakthrough today because we're doing a sit and talk today versus a drive and talk or a walk and talk. For whatever reason, this feels more uncomfortable. I'm not sure why. It's like sitting too much with myself here, you know? <laughs> and today the boy wanted to come with me, so he's got Mosley and taking care of him. Got things a little started late today, you know? It's been a rough weekend, I would say. But uh, really what I had in mind to talk about was uh, the, the state of the world right now is pretty interesting. There's, you know, almost like a an apparent problem with people's, you know, fear and hatred of truth and wisdom. And uh, there's a word for that, misosophy, where, you know, philosophy would be philos and sophie, like the love of wisdom, right? Uh, the Greek root words. Uh, philos, love, and sophie is wisdom. So philosophy is like the love of wisdom. But misosophy would actually be uh, the hatred of wisdom. And it seems, you know, from my perspective that this is what's going on. I mean, people will even seek out and uh, try to destroy those speaking the truth. So there's actually something working inside of people where they'll do things to actually avoid the truth as much as they can. And not only that, but how much of you is working in that direction? How much of you is actually working against yourself? And, uh, you know, this hatred for the self almost, like ha hatred for truly realizing the self and coming into contact with that and, and again, that's a form of wisdom, self-knowledge, right? Know thyself. But we can see there's a, like I said, in society, it's like we have the opposite. We have people running from that, running from the truth, running from freedom itself, right? And it's a kind of an interesting situation because what manifests is all sorts of societal ills, you know, government, um, tyrannical corporations even, tyrannical people. And at this point, people can project themselves out, you know, without needing to be a king or a queen. And, you know, we see a lot of situations with certain entities becoming like philanthropists and things like that, non-governmental organizations that, you know, people don't want to know anything about how that operates and works and they run from that information on what's going on with the powers of the world, you know? And uh, they'll come up with all kinds of interesting ways to, to pretend that they are not doing that or interesting ways to, you know, assume that that they're uh, actually a good person and. I'm not saying people are bad, it's just the psychological uh, situation that I'm talking about. It's a psychological phenomenon where um, the inauthentic person actually runs from the, the self-knowledge and freedom. And now they'll, sometimes they'll put on a brilliant display of making it look like they're not doing that. Or making it seem like they're actually, you know, working for freedom. 
but most of the time it seems like a show. It's just a display. You know, they're not actually really in it for the wisdom and the truth. And, and there's a fear and a hatred of wisdom actually occurring. Where anyone who speaks the truth will be outcast. Anyone who speaks uh, the truth in the vicinity of these people, you know, gets called a conspiracy theorist or a conspiracy nutter. Or, you know, even now with, with things like right out in the open, you can't discuss it, right? Because it's, again, people don't actually want that. They may pretend, and most people aren't even going to do this. Like, they're not even going to pretend. They're not, they're not even really intellectually, you know, connected enough to go ahead and uh, properly <laughs> display their fake, you know, freedom movement or their fake uh, virtue but then there's a lot of the virtue signaling that goes on too, where, you know, people will, like I said, you know, protests and things and be so upset about children with ABCD happening. But it's, it's just fake. Like even the Floyd guy getting killed, like, okay, you're outraged, but why weren't you outraged before? You know, why weren't you upset about things in the way they were going before? It's because the media, you know, induces the mania. And suddenly you're outraged. Well, you know, what about, you know, 150,000 to a million people killed in Iraq, you know, after basically a total fake war? <laughs> I mean, you call it a war, the, the people don't even have an aircraft carrier. You're just pummeling it, you know, with American freedom and freeing those people, right? Instilling democracy. There's, there's way more that's gone on to that besides just what we've been told, right? There's not just what the, the official narrative is. But you're not outraged about that. You're not outraged about the lockdowns causing people to totally lose their minds and starve in other countries. You know, when the first world collapses, the third world starves. And you weren't outraged about any of those things, but suddenly... You know, there's some violence right out in front of us. And now you're outraged, right? Now is the time to become outraged. Well, why, why weren't you outraged before? And, and then to think that this sort of violence is the type of violence that we need to be most concerned about. I mean, what I'm discussing here is the, the violence towards the self. And it's, it's, it's across the board. People's uh, hatred for themselves, you know. The self-internal talk, the internal tyrant that manifests the world that we live in. I mean, what we have in this world is manifested by what's going on inside of us. We're creating the conditions as they are. And yeah, there's some one-off evil people or the people that are going to try to be tyrannical. But if there was a true love of wisdom and love for truth and, a, and an absolute discernment for the lie and a, and a total... A rejection of the lies, then there would not be, you know, so much happening from what seems like a top-down, tyrannical type of government or police or any situation that comes up. I mean, these situations are caused by what's happening inside of us, and that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Is 
even the lockdown, as I discussed in the last video, is a psychological condition, you know? If your mind is locked down, you're not going to be open to the new wisdom that you can discover, or to information about the self. So, you know, it's a situation that requires a lot of time and attention and care to go into. How much of you is actually working in this manner? You know, how much of you is actually working against yourself to kind of sort of undermine yourself? You know, and then that conditions in your life may get better or worse. Oftentimes when they get worse, we don't realize that it's something that's been done to ourselves. You know, and it's, it's kind of like a sad state because this planet could be, um, the conditions for us could be so much better. I think beyond imagination. I think beyond what we can even imagine. You know, but instead we're like ruining our own nest, you know, or something. Like we're like, and I'm not saying like, oh, we're destroying the planet and all this. I'm, I'm not, you know, honestly, like, that even people like I'll just bring this up the climate change thing is ridiculous because of course the climate is changing <laughs> you know and again like yeah there's gonna be things that we could do better that would make it better um, but you know if you don't understand that there's a manipulation that's gone on with uh, your care for the planet uh, in order just to control you then you're totally lost on the, on what's been happening with the United Nations since it was formed to bring about a one-world government. That was the whole idea, right? It's not conspiracy. It's not Tyler saying this. And the people who've created the whole global meltdown narrative are actually, you know, the same people who want you to be less free more enslaved and controlled and tracked and traced by this one world tyrannical government. Now again, the internal climate is changing. And again, they're always talking in psychological terms, right? So it's not just the external climate. There's an internal warming, <laughs> an internal sort of boiling going on, right? And In that situation, you have to understand what's happening inside of yourself to understand what's happening outside, basically. So the more we have a love for wisdom and less, you know, running from the truth and wisdom. But, but again, this would take a deep discovery inside to understand what's happening and not just a fly-by-night, you know, quick miss, quick reading of some tarot cards or something. Like, you really have to sit with yourself and wonder how much of this programming is instilled in you, too. And how much of yourself is actually working against the positive direction of yourself. And it sounds weird, especially if you haven't really thought about that. But sometimes it's been on my mind a lot. 
you know, in my own life, I can definitely find times when I was working against myself. You know, I was I was creating conditions that made the situation a lot worse. And uh, I think it's it's good to be honest about these things, you know, because then you can fix it. You can't fix it until you're honest with yourself about it. I appreciate people that are positive mainly and don't have these like internal psychological conditions going on. I know that's a thing, obviously. You know, there's some people that were raised much better than others uh, by their parents and that internal monarch is actually in control, you know, in a positive way. Self-mastery and responsibility, you know, these are the keys to freedom. And again, how much of you is running away from the responsibilities that it would take to be truly free. Most people are running 100 miles an hour in the opposite direction of freedom. You go back and look at the consciously creating freedom live stream I did or the secondary matrix or uh, an honest assessment of the current human condition. I get into a lot of this. I, I cite a lot of different Psychologi uh, psychologists and authors and people, researchers in the past who've discovered these things. It's not just my opinion, you know. You can look at uh, Viktor Frankl's um, Escape from Freedom. And again, there will be a lot of virtue signaling and, you know, people becoming outraged about ABCD. But uh, again, it just more seems like responsive you know, behavior to the media. Doesn't seem like legitimate outrage. Doesn't seem like a legitimate cause or something that you should be upset about. I mean, where were you, where were you protesting when they shut down the economy and ruined people's lives? Destroyed people's lives and conditions and, you know, we all just allow this to happen. Nobody was outraged about that. <coughs> there were some minor protests. But you outside in the street waving your placard, waving your signs is another form of inauthenticity, really. It's just the, the virtue signal of care. You know, real, real freedom doesn't happen out there protesting and burning down auto zones. Or even burning down government buildings. I mean, really, that's just an attack on people because people have to pay for those things. Not the government. The government is the people. And I'm not saying the government is for the people, by the people. You know, again, the Constitution shouldn't say we the people. It should say we the ruling autocracy elite who are per attempting to lay down legalese to make it seem like we're protecting other people's rights when really we're just, uh, you know, setting up protections for ourselves. <laughs> That's what we the people is. It's the ruling autocracy, the elite, you know, the oligarchy. Uh, it's really like a corporate, a neo-corporate fascism that's happening. You know, a lot of these laws and dictates even, like, governors are saying that corporations should enforce ABCD, and then the corporations are the ones actually carrying out a lot of the wide testing right now and things like that, right? Or the lockdowns or not letting you come into work and things like that. It's not necessarily a law, and it kind of reveals a lot about law and legalese. This is usually just men making things up, you know, human beings just saying what's true and speaking that into existence. 
but men and human beings don't get to create law. Real, legitimate law uh, is natural law. The universal law. And that, that, that's stated a little wrong, you know. The laws of the universe would be a better way. Because universal is a different connotation, right? And that's what we need to get back to, is love for the law. Love for the universe and how it operates. That's the only real law that we need to follow, is the natural law. And once we can study and worship natural law and live under the laws of nature, and not the laws of man, then we will be truly free. Until then, we are enslaved by our fake titles by our flattering legalese, our flattering titles uh, that people respect over the law, over natural law. You should take no law over God's law. And in the Bible, you know, this is, again, allegorized as God being some sort of like (laughs) anthropomorphism. There's a lot of uh, word salad going here. But that anthropomorphism of nature into this being in the Bible, I mean, it's really just it's just allegorized mythology again. Christ being a personification of law in motion. So it's mythology and allegory. It shouldn't be taken literally. And then we, we can see that in the allegory it's telling us that we can all live under the laws of nature and God and be truly free and be one with the universe, right? Because we're not in conflict with its law. Well, that's the same as following in the footsteps of Christ. That's where that language comes from. It's talking about living in the example of the the, uh, story of Christ is an example of how you could live according to natural law. And there's all kinds of stories and allegories and things in there that show you exactly how to operate. One being not to respect any other law but and not take any other gods uh, but Jehovah, right? Well, that means to not live under any other systems of law besides natural law. And even the so-called anarchists um, live under the laws of man. And I know that sounds weird, but they they ultimately do. I mean, most of the people who are claiming anarchy actually still live according to the laws of men. And they'll still go into a man's court when called and things like that. So there's a way to upgrade our language around these topics to talk about this in a, in a way that actually could lead to discovery of how to live free. And uh, one of the big keys is self-knowledge and love for the self and love for wisdom not what we see now which is a hatred for wisdom hatred for those who speak the truth and people will run away from anyone speaking the truth I've lived this for you know almost a decade of discovering and then trying to relay that information I'm not saying it's all other people's fault that I'm not successful in that endeavor and maybe I have been somewhat successful but it goes back to me always having to double check again and ask those questions of if I'm actually working against that in any way and if I can fix that and I have a long way to go honestly 
I have a lot of my own things that I still need to work through. And I want to do that. I want to take the time to work through those things and help others do the same. Uh, this has just been just a quick video on these thoughts. I think the wind's picking up, so i go home and see how it sounds. Get, uh, we have a Sunday Q&A in the autonomy class. Uh, I like to attend, see what people are asking, see what people are up to. Uh, Richard takes questions and basically that's an open forum. We can talk about the lecture and talk about anything that's going on. And uh, some of the most beautiful things I've seen happen in autonomy have been in Sunday Q&A. Like last, last Sunday or a couple Sundays ago, um, Krista Evans, who's in the class, uh, she was season two, uh, kind of just unrolled her new plan of pandemic homeschooling. And so we, in the course we had our first meeting last Sunday, I think it was, or Monday, Memorial Day on uh, how to actually homeschool, not just like <laughs> this pandemic homeschooling where people think like that the school work that they're doing at home, the school is like still trying to keep the kids busy on the computer for a few hours a day and then the kids are off like doing whatever. And the parents are like doing the same, trying to figure out how to work remote and they think that like that's homeschooling and it's totally not homeschooling. <laughs> I mean, there's a style of homeschooling like we do, which is exploring and moving around and, you know, checking out different places and showing the kids different experiences. And we consider that to be part of our curriculum, you know. But then there's the actual, like, sitting down and working with your children to understand different concepts, and that's part of it too. But it doesn't mean, like, you're stuck at a computer desk and are marking off programs that the school is sending you. Like, that's not homeschooling. <laughs> Anyways, I'm really excited. I'm not the expert in that either. That The point is, is that's one example of something that goes on in the autonomy realm that is really beneficial and wasn't planned necessarily into the curriculum, but there you go. We have that going on and we can promote that and help her refine those skills and eventually maybe have a course out of it, I think, is what she's trying to do. And that, that happens like daily in, a, in the autonomy realm. People coming up with ideas and then there's a whole support network of people there to help them. So if you yourself would like to, you know, be around people like that, that are actually seeking wisdom and working with others to, to try to live in excellence and integrity and raise themselves up, like raising their excellence, right? The Raising Excellence podcast is another thing that came out of the autonomy realm. And if you haven't seen that, it's a really good podcast. Uh, go check it out. They've been going for a few months now, three, you know, to four times a week. Uh, just really just fleshing out a lot of concepts about you know, self-knowledge and psychology and trauma. And it's really important to discuss these things, in my opinion. So thanks, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'm going to head back. My son, I don't think he thought found this as exciting as he thought it would be. <laughs> he was partially distracting trying to be my cameraman, and so I had him you know, go on a walk, and I think he just went back home. <laughs> um, Maybe I can work out with somebody here, like, actually doing this, but it, it was it's really hard to, like, come with these thoughts with, with other people around. Anyway, with the dog is no problem. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.